Greetings and welcome to Grit, Grind, and Thrive. In this episode, we get into emotional intelligence skills, labeling the big five, and talking about their importance in relation to student and leadership success, um, why it's critical to prioritize um, developing emotional intelligence skills while in college and in school in general, and also how to spot opportunities to max um, emotional intelligence skills and where to apply them. So tune in and enjoy. Hey all, thanks for tuning in to Grit, Grind and Thrive. This is Dr. Joel along with Mia. Mia, how you doing today? Hi, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. We're ripping through June. Oh yeah. Right? Yep. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable how quick this is going. I know. Right, pretty soon you'll be on a college campus. I know, it's crazy. It is crazy. Um, so uh, lots of people ask what to bring to college <laughs> and, and how to best prepare for it. And uh, one of the things that I encourage people to do, and whether someone's going to college or high school or they're a kid or I'm consulting with a parent or a business leader, whomever, um, is to talk about the significance of uh, emotional intelligence. I know this is something that you and I talked about off air yeah. and uh, wanted to kind of introduce this topic and get into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, what, you know, what in particular makes you curious about it? Yeah, so I'm curious about emotional intelligence because, you know, I've heard it being said many times but I feel like it's never really talked about very much you know because there are always you know there are tests for like you know your IQ test and you know people always talk about common sense and street smarts and and book smarts but I feel like for emotional intelligence um, you know you're also always talking about how we're being tested on you know skills like resilience and I think that emotional intelligence is one of those important skills that are valued but I feel like people don't exactly um, know just what it is and how important it actually is. Yeah. So for some strange reason, um, we've, and this goes across like generations, but as students matriculating through school from a very young age, um, we've evolved into this very like, grade and score oriented emphasis and uh, certainly not to minimize the importance of that um, what often gets introduced later in terms of real significance is this concept of emotional intelligence and it's been around a while Uh, I mean you know Dan Goleman wrote about this you know, decades ago, and where it where it becomes, um, I guess, highlighted is when people leave college or high school and apply for jobs, mm-hmm. and that's where emotional intelligence skills really get emphasized. The problem is, is that you never get graded on any of them. Exactly. Yeah. And most people aren't aware of what they are. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. So 
if we, I think to, to sort of start to understand it, like if you think of the phrase emotional intelligence as like, it's an umbrella term, really. There's a lot of skills that fall under it. And initially, there were five skills, and that's certainly evolved over the years. But sort of the, the, the original five, <laughs> the top five, um, the first three, Mia, um, have to do with self, right? Mm -hmm. So self-awareness, self-motivation, self-regulation and then the other two have to do with others empathy and social skills right now the collection of those original five they have evolved right to include others but the concept of emotional intelligence is really a, 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 a being conscious of one's own emotional state so it highlights awareness um and it also highlights management of those emotional states right and then as importantly and this gets into the empathy and social skills um one is also aware of others and their emotional states Right. And I can see just how um, valuable emotional intelligence is just by listing those those five terms, because how um, dual sided is how it is about yourself and how it benefits the individual, but how it's also about, you know, understanding other people's emotions and, and being empathetic and and, you know, contributing to, to social situations as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, people, if you, if you use the phrase, like any of those terms, really, like, people may say, Oh, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> That's nice. Um, now, whether or not they have a degree of it <laughs> is a completely different story. Right, exactly. You know, and, and if we if you if we think about you know, well, let's, you know, you're, you're going to college in a couple of months, right? Yep. So um, you've never been there before. Um, no. Neither have another few million first year college students. Um, and, and that involves an adjustment, particularly if you live on, on a campus away from home. So that that's an adjustment. Yeah, definitely. So, so here's how it kicks in, you know, in that example. Well, that adjustment normally consists of lots of different feelings and emotional and emotions. You're leaving home for the first time. There's certainly anxiety. There might be some sadness. There might be some frustration, you know, whatever. Um, now, if you're aware of those feelings, that's great. Now comes the real trick. And this is what trips a lot of kids up when they first leave for college is that they've never learned how to manage those feelings. Right. That makes sense. Um, and the now, which is why, you know, for 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 years, uh, decades at this point <laughs> that, uh, you know, when I when I talk to groups of college kids or parents um, or even now it's middle school kids, high school kids that I emphasize this constantly. 
because as when I was working as a psychologist on college campuses, I would see the impact academically, socially, um, uh, college community wise, when kids, no matter their scores on tests, uh, if they had not developed some of these skills, it really led to some incredible challenges. Yeah, that makes sense because, you know, it's not just about what you learn, but most of it is what you do with it and how you apply it. Yeah, exactly. And, and look, while you're there, <laughs> you know, be sure to note them in terms of your, your uh, investment in personal development while you're in school, while you're going to college. This is part of it. Right, exactly. You know, I, I, and, you know, I don't care where someone goes to college or graduate school for that matter, or medical school, doesn't matter. Um, if along the way to securing that diploma, if they have not developed these skills or at least become aware of them, then the uh, odds of uh, obtaining or, or really maintaining a fulfilled um, successful career is pretty slim. Right. And these qualities seem so ideal, but I, I can imagine it's pretty difficult. Let's say with self-awareness, you know, you obviously have to look inward and, and not only be aware of who you are and your flaws and mistakes, but you'd have to be comfortable with them too. Yes. And people are gen generally very uncomfortable. Uh, right. And that with um, the college example, because when students are off on their own, they're you know, these new feelings, new environment is not only, they're not only new to that person, but then, you know, what is that college kid supposed to do with those feelings and that new environment too? Exactly. And the, the, the challenging piece to that, Mia, uh, for, for most people, and I'm not limiting this to just college kids or high school kids, um, is that, well, what's the value in doing that? What's the value in, in developing that and, and focusing on that if I'm not getting graded on it? Right. You know, or, or, you know, if I'm not experiencing some other kind of immediate benefit from, from it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, a lot of people don't see it as, as one of the primary reasons why you go to college or why you go to school in general it's not just about the grades now they're the most emphasized things um but again this this the skill set that comprises um eq or emotional intelligence is just as if not more important in the long run i see it all the time right. all the time yeah. And even though, you know, grades are present and emotional intelligence, you know, we're not being tested on that. I'm sure that they're, you know, linked very closely. I've, you know, I just talked to you about an article that I read where there's a correlation between, you know, students with 
high emotional intelligence and and their success in school because of a few different things. I mean, they are able to cope better with stressful situations like, you know, test anxiety, for example, or, you know, it's easier for them to have better relationships with, you know, their classmates and teachers and even with the content itself, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and and you brought up test anxiety. um, And that's one of dozens, really, Mm -hmm. of, of scenarios where where we get tested but not graded like you know you're if i hope this doesn't happen to you right but like (laughs) you know you have a you walk in and you have a nightmare roommate right right Mm -hmm. and and you can't you can't sleep uh they stay up at all out all hours like it's very stressful there's conflict that generates emotion. It generates frustration. What are you going to do with that? How, right. pro- how do you problem solve your way through it? How do you manage it, the emotions, and still perform? Exactly. Academically, right? Yeah. Now, you ain't getting graded on that. Nope, definitely not. And that's the hard thing for people to wrap their, their heads around because we become, you know, I mean, look, heading into your senior year what were the one or two most important scores in relation to going to college that you were that were that were highlighted to you act sat exactly i i knew when the third's probably gpa right right yeah right act sat mm-hmm. okay now let's think about that um what did the ACT or SAT do for you? Um, the test itself, it just, if I'm being honest, it just let me finish my college application. It didn't, I mean, I learned a lot from, you know, organizing my time and managing my time and making sure I was consistent with studying. Mm-hmm. But I think that the test itself is a different story. I think that the skills that go with it are helpful, but the test itself isn't that great of an indicator of, you know, of a student's capabilities. It sucks is, is, is in a nutshell. Exactly. <laughs> at, at, at that part, right. It, it's just terrible, right? So, okay. yeah. so let me ask you this. So when you were studying for it right were were you consciously saying to yourself wow this is a really great experience because i'm learning how to manage and organize my time really really good and i'm going to use those skills or were you worried about the big score um i i was focused on the score yes okay i appreciate your honesty because i think 100 percent of people would answer the same way so was i yeah right now go ahead there's, there's so much pressure. I mean, in the end, I mean, you obviously do gain a lot of good skills for studying for anything, but in the end, there's just so much pressure just for the score itself. Right. So you get the score, which is used as criteria to get into school. Exactly. And then what does it do for you? After that. Yeah. That, so it's an, so it's an admission ticket. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Great. <laughs> so, 
I'm I you could probably tell I'm a little bit jaded and a little little sarcastic on this yeah um, because I was a horrific test taker horrible I got below a thousand on the SATs and I took them four times wow right now if I combined a couple of scores here and there but they didn't really do super scores back then or anything like that Mm -hmm. um so when when I mean I was miserable now, now, how well did that particular score predict my college success and my graduate school success? It didn't. At all. In fact, it would indicate there's no shot of me getting a PhD in clinical psychology. Right. So what was really strange and, and something that you know, as a college student, not right away, but certainly into my probably sophomore or, or actually junior year, was that, um, uh, you know, those that kind of talent, I, I, I couldn't rely on. Mm-hmm. And I had to, but in order to do well, I had to figure out and tap into some other skill set right. that, you know, I possessed. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into, I kind of thought about like, well, what do I, what do I do? What am I, what am I good at? It just so mm-hmm. happened that I grew up with some stressors as a kid and whatever. And, and, um, uh, oh, I started working when I was 12 years old. Wow. Right. So it didn't take much for me to, uh, um, create self-motivation. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So when I was 14, I was working 50, 60 hours a week. Wow. Right. In the summers. And so like, when I thought about that, I was like, wow, I I really know how to work hard. Mm -hmm. I can motivate myself. I can also regulate my emotions. Exactly. Now I didn't know about this term back then, but -hmm. I was kind of identifying with the skills and it was about the application of the skills to academics. Right. The academic environment. Mm Mm-hmm that really led to me doing a 180 and, and really being successful academically. Right. Exactly. You know, like I, I mentioned social skills being one of the, one of the five, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 when I was a little boy, like I was socialized in a firehouse. My dad was a firefighter. My grandfather was a firefighter. His father was a firefighter. So my grandfather used to watch me and he used to take me to the firehouse and he used to hang out with all his firefighting buddies. And we used to just sit there and I used to talk to adults. Wow. Right. Again, when I was in high school and it's not a scenario on the SAT or ACT about social skills, but that was something I was pretty good at. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's so important to highlight, you know, uh, these skills. And again, you know, the big one, self-awareness you know, as you mentioned that you want to kind of really focus on um, is uh, I I just think it's huge for, for anyone, whether you're going to college, whether you're not happy in a job or, or a career path um, or you aspire to be a leader in sport or something like that. um, These are skills that are absolutely critical to all that. Right. Definitely. And, um, so somebody who is self-aware, they would probably be in tune with their own 
feelings and thoughts, right? Yes. And so they would be able to identify their feelings and then also not only manage their own feelings, but also in social situations kind of pick up on other people and and be empathetic, right? Yes. So you you highlighted a couple of things. One is the awareness of my own feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's great. Second part is managing that, right? And then it's also the awareness of other people's feelings. Right. And also the awareness of how my behavior impacts that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, last week's episode on self-esteem, I know that we talked about, you know, coping with failure. And I think that self-awareness is is linked to that because if you're, you know, cognizant of, you know, your own emotions and, and whatnot, then if there comes a time when things don't go as planned, you're really able to evaluate the situation and, you know, be aware of your mistakes if, if you made any. But also I feel like blame is a big part of that. I think that, you know, when things go wrong, it's so easy to blame, you know, everything sometimes. But then if you're self-aware, you can really, you know, kind of evaluate yourself and see, okay, like what can I do next time differently? Or what did I do well in this situation? Absolutely. And, and the, the blame aspect of that is really, I think, a, a kind of a crucial piece. And I think, you know, we all kind of, you know, uh, fall into that a lot here and there. Um, but look, I mean, without, you know, throwing any of your friends under the bus or anything like that, like, I'm sure that you have at least heard conversations post really tough exams in high school about like how bad the teacher is or you know, that test was impossible or they're impossible or, and we, we, we do, we attribute blame everywhere. Right. Yeah. Now, if that is in response to failure, we've just limited ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. The second that you take yourself out of a learner's stance, especially after failure or in the midst of failure, You've just put a cap on learning and you've also put a cap on potential. Right. This is where, Mia, many, many leaders fail. They're just horrible Mm -hmm. because they think they know everything. Right. Um, And they're not. And they might say, like, well, I can always learn more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Right. About like a new a field or trend or so intellectual knowledge. Mm -hmm. However, are they willing to receive feedback about themselves and how the world experiences them? Exactly. That is powerful feedback if we make ourselves available to it. Right. Because if you have a setback, I feel like you can either, you know, dwell on that and become bitter or overconfident or you can use that as fuel to learn okay you know what feedback can I receive and how can I deal with that and you know grow from this experience exactly and and if if people enter school um with that type of mindset 
which is actually a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, it means that they've accepted that this is an ongoing developmental process right. and they will benefit infinitely more and simultaneously bonus pop the pressure that they put on themselves for sure yeah because in school there's so much so much pressure to get super good grades and everything like that and how we're talking about act sat gpa but then with self-awareness emotional intelligence um as a whole I could totally see how that would take some of the pressure off because you're focused on, you know, the entire overarching process of learning and your school experience. It's not just an end product that you're so fixated on. Exactly. And, you know, I certainly emphasize it enough to kids who are going to college because I didn't do it until certainly late into my college experience. And to me, if we're not if we're not packing that mindset in our cars or your family's cars or planes or however you get into college mm-hmm. and you're, you're not packing that to go to school, then you're, you're, you're not investing. You're not maxing your investment. Right. Definitely. You know, uh, uh, and, and it, it really, um, I, I just see it challenge, you know, so many people uh, at, at, at just various levels. I mean, you know, this stuff they should be teaching to like kids in first grade. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure kids would definitely feel differently, you know, throughout their school experience. if They learned this earlier. Yeah. And you know what to teach the kids, obviously you have to, the, the, you have to teach the parents. Yeah. Because look, I see this all the time too. Like parents get, bent out of shape if their kid does not score high on a standardized test. Right. You know, and, and it, it, because we've been just completely brainwashed on um, the, the significance and of those scores as it relates to how we value ourselves. And it's such a, it's such, it's such a flaw. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I mean, and and, and then the labels to me that get associated with that stuff, you know, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're a genius. They, they got a perfect SAT score. They're brilliant. That's the most overused uh, intellectual descriptor, I think everybody's everybody's a genius now. Everybody's brilliant, right? <laughs> and um, now what? Like, what do you, exactly. what do you, what do you do with that? What do you, does, does it just end? <laughs> you just stop. <laughs> um, and uh, if so, good luck with that. Right. You know. Yeah, that's crazy to think about how there's so much emphasis and, and validation placed on that final result you know if I score you know if I get this score on this test then you know I'm set but then you know what's the next step and then when kids don't get that score they think oh you know this sucks or you know I why can't I get this score is it me and then that's just totally not 
the right mindset to have but it's it's unfortunate that that's how you know that's kind of how society influenced you know the view towards those kind of things right so let's play it out right so so you're in college not you but someone you know is in college because <laughs> this would never happen to you uh where you know you turn in a paper and you get a bad grade whatever a bad grade is you don't do as well as you wanted to what do you think most kids do with that paper they probably try to forget about it they try to forget about it right they they yeah. shelf it mm-hmm. maybe they ask their friends how they did right and do you think there's any conversation about the instructor probably <laughs> yeah probably some pretty negative conversation about the instructor right, right. yeah and we try to forget about it now here in lies the 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 biggest value this is where this is why people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for a college education it's this opportunity mm-hmm. to schedule an appointment with the professor and discuss it right now why would i do that they're not going to change the grade they said that so right then and there i'm focusing primarily on grade not the skill of self advocating Right. Or for becoming a better writer, a better researcher. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Approaching someone who is older than I am and has been at this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. What, so from a, a different generation. So now I'm increasing my generational awareness of how they see the world. Mm-hmm. So I just listed... Oh, and by the way, I'm also dealing with, I'm also emotionally regulating, mm-hmm. self-regulating the frustration, anger, disappointment, anxiety, and everything else that goes along with it and being proactive. Right. And I'm sure by doing that, then you're also going to be motivated for your next assignment instead of being held back by your negative feelings. Correct. So effectively, I'm developing. Exactly. Yeah. That's why. I'm paying hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's super interesting to think about how taking that step to see that professor, you may not change that grade, but you can identify, you know, your unhappy feelings towards that grade. You're dealing with them by seeing that professor. And then now your future assignments, you know, you took that step to become a better student also to, you know, talk to the professor about it and to advocate for yourself. And you exactly. Don't. And having taught classes, college classes and graduate school classes in the past, I can assure you that any student who would make time to come in and talk about that kind of stuff with me, I would remember that student. Right. Yeah. I'd appreciate the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, wow, that, that's a mature student who, who really cares. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the bonus to it Mm -hmm. now most people again won't do that Mm -hmm. yeah and and that's the tough part it is that's why we we see challenges later on with you know things like leadership and and emotional intelligence lacking and and self-regulation all of it really i mean you know it, it 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 plays out yeah i know 
Sounds like good. Yeah, and um, kind of gearing towards you know the social aspect. Um, you know, we just talked about kind of managing you know your own feelings and and doing something about those. But in social situations, I could see how you know understanding how other people are feeling and being empathetic can not only build strong relationships, but you probably have a better sense of confidence and connection to you know, everything around you. Like I know last week we talked about, you know, social media, for example, for just a little while. I mean, imagine if, you know, scrolling through your feed makes you feel a certain way. Maybe, you know, looking at posts for too long makes you feel insecure, let's say. Being being able to identify that feeling instead of just like brushing it off and then managing it, you know, you could say, okay, I'm just going to stop looking at it now. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the, more that we, the more that we do that, the more confident we become in our ability to manage those feelings. So we've effectively increased our coping confidence, which is huge. It's a huge skill. Right. So there's like a snowball effect where once you, once you kind of acknowledge, you know, your feelings and you deal with it once, it, it gives you the motivation and, and the confidence to, you know, you know, keep trying to grow as much as you can instead of being, you know, set back by unsettling, you know, by being set back by unsettling feelings and whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, me, I, I'm glad we covered this topic today. I think it's a real important one um, for all our listeners, really. Um, and no matter if we're talking about, you know, college kids or, or uh, high school kids or even middle school kids and parents and business leaders, whoever. So, um, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you wanting to discuss it. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, we want to thank everybody for, for tuning in. And if you have any other questions uh, on uh, emotional intelligence and uh, the skills associated with it and how it's evolved, let us know. And uh, we look forward to talking again next week. Take care, everyone. Stay healthy.